holidays can bring a wide range of emotions. From joy and happiness to loss and loneliness. This Christmas, tis the season to experience less of the chaos and more of the comfort, hope, love, and joy available to you. What's going on, City First? We are so glad that you're here. Wherever you're watching from, City First Anywhere, City First Cape, City First State Line area. And can we make some noise for our guy behind bars, locations? We love you guys. Uh, we've been in a series called Tis the Season. Week one, we talked about Tis the Season for a Savior. Um, I need one, you need one, we all need one. Uh, this, the second week, we talked about Tis the Season for Peace. Man, I just love so much what Jer said last week. Uh, when he said, you can have health and still not have peace. You can have love and still not have peace. You can have a lot of friends. You can have a spouse and still not have peace. You can have money and still not have peace. If you missed any one of those messages, I encourage you to go back and check those out. I think we got a, a few reasons to look forward to uh, this Christmas season. Uh, number one probably is gifts. Um, the younger you are, the more gifts you get. I remember the ratio of gifts. I used to average a solid 8 to 10 per year. You know what I'm saying? I used to kind of do the math. The older you got, the less gifts. Like, you know, and start, like, the gifts just start getting, like, less and less. They turned into, like, little gift cards, and it just, it just kind of dwindled. So for the kids, you kind of look forward to either receiving gifts or giving gifts. Um, I saw a dad that uh, I'm going to adopt his ways uh, the other day on Facebook. Uh, he started just taking sticky notes and bows and putting it on things he already thought was gifts, you know what I'm saying? So he went to the air conditioner and said, gift. And then uh, he went over to the fridge and said, oh, you didn't know if this is a, a gift, okay? Then he went over to the flat screen on the TV and said, gift, PlayStation 5, you already got one, that's cool, gift. You know, like some people don't realize they already got a Christmas gift, so sometimes you got to remind your kids they, they got gifts, you know what I mean? Uh, then I think we look forward to the sweaters, so many great sweaters here and at every location. My issue with ugly Christmas sweaters, though, is that they're getting prettier. Have you noticed this? These are some nice sweaters. Like, I would wear these all year round. Like, I'm like, like I like the sweaters. Some of us look forward to the Christmas season because of the decor. Some of y'all not even going to take your stuff down. You just leave it up all year long. It should be illegal to be putting your Christmas decorations up on 4th of July. Okay, that's a problem. And some of us, uh, we look forward to the Christmas season because of uh, the, the perceived break. You know, if you're a teacher, I salute you. You deserve a break. Uh, you think about maybe your job is giving you some time off. If you're a student, you think about the break. If you're a parent, you're like, this ain't no break, okay? This is us on, okay? Like, that, that, that's what we do. Now, here's the deal. Our primary hurdle during this time of year isn't knowing the reason for the season. We know it is Jesus. I think our primary hurdle is remembering it. Because for you and for me, it's just easy to forget the reason for the season with everything that we've got going on. Today's subject is, tis the season to remember. Today I want us to pause just for a moment and to just remember that we don't get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season that we don't pause to remember. 
of one of the things I love about this season is like this idea of opening up boxes, opening up gifts, which has lost its luster in the Amazon Prime culture that we live in because boxes show up to our house all the time and we're constantly opening up boxes. That used to be a December thing. That's an all-year-round thing now. And so in my house, um, I, the Amazon Prime account is in my name, okay? I don't want my wife just ordering stuff. I need to be able to see what's going on at all times, you know what I mean? And so... Um, everything that comes to our house has my name on it, although it may not be for me. So the game we play every week is whose box is it? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, if I've ordered something and she's ordering something, you're trying to, we're, like, playing this game, and we'll get a notification that says your package will be there by 9 p.m., which is the worst. Ruins your whole day. Because now, for the whole day, you're at the front of your house just walking around, just waiting for them to come. Like, it'd be great if I knew it, what, exactly what time it was going to come. So uh, one time I ordered some shoes, and... I have this great anticipation that my favorite shoes are going to be delivered. I get a notification that says, your shoes have been delivered. I said, well, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get home. I get home. Shoes aren't there. I said, oh, man, something. I said, hey, babe, have you seen the shoes? She said, no, I haven't seen any shoes. I said, I said man, what, what happened? So I look all over the house, no shoes. So I called the company. I said, hey, they, shoes were not delivered. They said, sir, we have notification of the shoes. I said, I have no shoes in this house. Y'all going to give me my money back. All right, so they gave me my money back, and I said, well, maybe I'll reorder the shoes. And then I walk in the laundry room, and my son apparently was playing hide-and-go-seek with my shoes. And so I found the shoes, and now I said, now i got to call the company back, and now I'm embarrassed because you want to hide my shoes. And so this thing that I had been anticipating for a long time had already been delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the Christmas season. Some people are looking for hope in the future. Might I encourage us to perhaps look back in history to see that hope has already been delivered. That is the Christmas season. The baby has been born. So if you are looking for hope today, don't look forward in the wrong place. You might want to look back and see that hope has been delivered. One of the questions that often comes up during the Christmas season that comes from a traditional song is, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Like, did you, could you see this all unfolding the way that it happened? And so today, I, I want to outline a little bit what I think Mary knew. Um, what Mary knew is what I believe every person trying to have a relationship with God should Remember, I want us to zoom into the Christmas story from Mary's perspective. Mary's perspective is, is predominantly captured in the Gospel of Luke, which begins like this. It says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Ladies and gentlemen, before we dive into this Christmas narrative, just in case you're not a Christian, you're not a church person, you're not familiar with Scripture, understand that Luke is a, phys a physician. He is a doctor. He is writing an orderly account. There is a man named Theophilus. What we know about him is that he is most excellent, which was a term used for some sort of influential Roman official. The way I see the Gospel of Luke is dear Theo, okay? This is a man that Luke wants to know Jesus. And he's going, hey, here's the deal. Most excellent Theophilus. 
I have done my homework. I have done a thorough investigation of the events of a man named Jesus. Let me tell you how he was born. That's where we got to start. We got to start with this story. And it says in Luke chapter 1 verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. One of the things that Mary knew was that she had favor, and God was with her. The angel has not given her any other detail. Before we get started, before I give you a mission that seems impossible, I want you to know right off the tip, hey, you got favor, and God is with you. She didn't know all the details, but she knew God was with her. I, I think about the hymn, I want Jesus to walk with me. It's, um, it's an African-American spiritual. It's a hymn written by slaves to be sung in the fields of the South. The words, in my trials, Lord, walk with me. In my trouble, Lord, walk with me. Which simply means you and I could be going through the worst time of our life and invite God to walk with us. That means you could be a God behind bars and you say, Lord, in my trials, walk with me, which means you could be in Cape Coral and going, Lord, in my trials, walk with me. You could be in the state line area and going, Lord, in my trials, would you walk with me? My question for you today is, how would you live if you knew God was with you? How, how, how would you live if you knew that, that God would walk with you? The, thing that, the first thing that I want you to write down that we have to remember this season, God is with you. And the reason we know that is because of the name Jesus was given. Emmanuel. You have to understand something for the Jewish people. God was silent for 400 years. And, and the way that Old Testament wars were decided were simply based off of who God was with. If God was on your team, great. If he wasn't, you're going to lose because God don't fight fair. He'll throw hailstones from heaven. You ain't going to win because you can't throw it back. I promise you that's not going to go well for you, okay? So this idea of going, is he with us? Is he not? We're not sure. And for 400 years, they felt abandoned. They felt like they didn't have hope, but hope was in the oven. In the form of a baby boy, we're just getting started. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you've ever felt alone, I want you to remember this, this Christmas season. God is with you. The second thing we see is in verse 29 that I think Mary knew. Is, scripture says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You know what's interesting about angels in Scripture? Puzzles me. They always start off their greeting, don't be afraid. Stop being scary. Hello? Like, why are, you, why are you coming in here seven feet tall, all blind in my eyes? Maybe I wouldn't be scared if you came in a nice human form. You know what I'm saying? Do not be afraid. You keep saying that, okay? You need to work on your intro. That's just a marketing thing. That's me. Anyways, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The second thing that I believe that Mary knew is that he would be great and his kingdom would never end. Why is that important? 
in Jewish history, there were all sorts of kings who reigned over Israel. If they could pick their favorite in scripture, it would be during the rule and reign of King David. They literally wished his kingdom had never ended because David was strong in battle. They saw David as a man of God who could protect them and keep them safe. But then that period ended. So God's sending Mary a message to let her know, hey, 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 what I'm about to do through you does not have an expiration date. This would have been particularly helpful when her son is dying on a cross and she's tempted to believe it's over. When everyone else thought it was over, there had to be something in Mary that she remembered and says, wait a second. His kingdom will never end. The thing I think we have to remember this Christmas season is that heaven is our home. Because you and I could could fall for the trap of looking at our current circumstances and, and, and coming to some conclusions that maybe God isn't who he says he is. But I think this gives us hope that when we're looking at any circumstance and are tempted to freak out, I think we can go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a, I'm a kingdom person. And this kingdom will never end. And I think it also gives us wisdom to be careful not to hitch our wagons to kingdoms that will end. And some of us get so riled up over what we see on the news. And you can forget for a moment that you are a kingdom person. It doesn't make you oblivious to what's happening in the world, but it just reminds us of why we were on the planet in the first place. To bring his kingdom on the earth. Heaven is our home. Third thing I think we see when it comes to what Mary knew is found in verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Great question. If you're a virgin and an angel tells you you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary knew God was up to something in her family. Mar Mary knew this ain't just about me. Somebody's got to let this really sink down deep into their soul this weekend. If you could see your family's potential, how God sees it. It might actually change how you feel about them and how you treat them. And I want to talk to some parents who are praying for their kids and not seeing results. I want to talk to a parent that's praying for their kids and they're looking at some bad decisions and it's not adding up. But don't let what you're seeing in the natural keep you from believing in the supernatural. You see, the thing I want you to remember this season is what God wants to do with you involves other people. It's not just about you. So literally this angel's coming to Mary and going, hey, something's happening to you, but guess what? The people that are related to you, I'm going to do some things in their life that you could never imagine. I got to encourage you. You should invite some people in your world to church this week. Because you're going, why, what, why? Why would I do that? You want to know what the number one thought is whenever we think about that person? They're going to say no. They're not going to come. 
They, they, they would never come. In fact, they've already told me no. I have a history of no's with this person, with this neighbor, with this colleague, with this family member. But you know what I love about this verse? It says, she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. You've got someone in your life that others have given up on that I don't think you should give up on. Who has said that they would never go to church? Who has said that they would never stop drinking? Who has said that they would never be able to be in a committed relationship? That they would never get healed? That they would never graduate? But what has not been calculated in their story is the fact that they got you to say, you know what? I'm not going to give up on you. Because God's doing something in my life. And it's not just for me. You could change somebody's life in one invitation. Aren't you glad somebody invited you? <laughs> Aren't you glad that somebody twisted your arm and bribed you and told you they were going to take you to breakfast and they brought you here instead? And you're like, I can't believe you. You little devil, but thank God God changed my life. You know what I'm saying? We're grateful for it. We were annoyed by them. Mom, dragging me to church. Now we're going, Mom, thank you. My mom used to make me sit on the front row for four-hour services. And I said, Mom, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is brutal. This is, this is abuse. I should call Child Protective Services on you for making me sit here for four hours with no food. I'm starving. I'm but in my 30s, I call her and I go, thank you. Thank you. What we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, it says, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now watch this. this verse 41 is, is kind of crazy. It says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, all she did was say, Hey, how you doing? That's it. That's all that happened. Okay, I want you to see what happens next. The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That ever happened to you? You ever walked into somebody's house? All you said was, hey, and then bam, they got hit with the spirit. That ever happened to you? In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. Well, I guess that's, that's what you would say if somebody get filled with the spirit on the spot. Um, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. The other thing Mary knew was that she was carrying something special. Baby Jesus was making an impact on people before he was even born. I mean, could you imagine raising baby Jesus? And at 10, let, let's just say he's questioning his purpose. You, you know you've been filling people with speed. You weren't even born yet. You couldn't even see it, but it happened. Like, you, before, before you were even here, like, you, you, there is something special in you. And, and Mary is getting ready to give birth to a power the world had never seen. There is something in her. And, and I, I think we have to remember, remember this, the season that God has given each and every one of us a sphere of influence for a reason. You are carrying something for a reason. There is something in you. There is something on you. And you've got power on the inside of you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And you have the power to impact any room you walk in. Let me ask you a question. 
When you walk in a room, how do people feel? Like when you walk in a room, how do people feel? I know you know how you feel when other people walk in the room. There are some people that just give us an anxious existence when they walk in the room. You're like, oh, they hear, oh, man. Oh, you, get, you just get instantly uncomfortable. Some of us get instantly mad when someone walks in the room. We're just like, we just get angry out of nowhere. We're going to be having a great day, and then they show up. And you're like, great. I can't believe you're at the Christmas party. But what about you? What happens when you walk in the room? Here's the good news. Wherever you're watching from today, did you know you get to choose? Like most people don't think that. Most people think, I just am who I am. But did you know you get to choose? You actually get to make a decision about, okay, how do I want people to feel when I walk in the room? You say, I want people to be happy when I walk in the room. Then you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to do something that would make people happy. You want to know what makes people happy? Cookies, okay? People love cookies. So when you walk in the room, you might want to think about picking up some cookies on the way. You know what people like? Donuts, right? Like, so you might want to think about bringing donuts when you walk in the room. Why? Because then you're going to say, you know what? When I walk in the room, I want people to have an expectation that something good is going to happen. So how do people feel when you walk in the room? You actually get to pick. I can tell you what happened when Mary walked in the room. People started getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Power. And we might look at that and go, man, that must be nice. It could be you too, depending on what you want with your life. When you walk in rooms, things can change if you want it to be that way. I love what Mary found out from Luke chapter 2. Her and Joseph have gone to the temple to do some rituals, and they, they come across a man named Simeon. He says, then Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. What did Mary know? That her calling wouldn't be easy. There will be ups and downs. They're going to be talking about your baby. Ours won't be either. I feel for Mary. <laughs> I do because it's, it's uh, the thing I, I want us to remember this season is that sometimes God gives vision without clear direction. Sometimes he paints a picture. Sometimes he just, here's the picture. How are we going to get there? He will be great. He'll be great. Let's not forget that there is a young adult Jesus who's 25, not in ministry yet, and he's just a carpenter. It's perfect, but if you're married, you're the mom, you're like, supposed to be great. You're kind of looking at his furniture going, it's just a table. We're going to make furniture? Like, how is, how is this furniture going to change the world? I'm not, I'm not seeing great. I see perfect, but great? I mean, I, I see, I mean... What's so great about being a carpenter? I mean, God does this all the time. We see this in the Old Testament. He'll say, hey, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. They're going, oh, man, that sounds amazing. How do we get there? God goes, all right, uh, love me, love your neighbor. Okay, we're going to start there. No idols, okay? Honor my name. Your parents will be great. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't kill anyone. Don't envy anyone. Please, only sleep with your spouse. We good? To which they would go, what does that have to do with the promised land? 
What does that have to do with where what, the picture you've painted for us to which God would go, before I can take you to a new place, I need to prepare you with a new mindset. You've been in captivity for 400 years. You think like slaves. If I took you straight there from Egypt, you treat my land like where you came from. If God gave you a shortcut to your dream job, you might treat it like the job you currently tolerate. Sometimes we get frustrated with where God has us because he gave us a picture. He gave us a vision with commands that don't seem to match the vision. Lord, I want to be in a relationship. Tired of being lonely. Like, okay, cool. God goes, why don't you start serving in the church? <laughs> what in the world does, does, does that have to do with my love life? Everything. You want to know why? Because the best relationships serve one another, and you should start practicing that on a daily basis. That's an opportunity for you to say, let me lay down my wants for somebody else. If you can't serve him or her, the thing ain't going to work. It's just not going to happen. Some people go, Lord, I pray for increase in my finances. Cool, 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 cool. Start tithing. Oh, here he go again. Really? Come on, Lord. Lord, how, how am I going to increase? Lord, if I give to you, that will decrease my finances. We're going in the opposite direction. Lord, I, no, no. Do you realize for some of us, the worst thing God could do is to give us a million dollars? It would be the worst thing. A blessing without maturity could destroy your life. You don't want God to answer a big prayer before giving you the character to handle an answer to a big prayer. So some of the things you're kind of going, Lord, I, I see a picture where you want to take me, but what, what, God wants to bring something into your life. And it starts with character. So sometimes the thing God tells you, it, it's all to build up something for you to handle that answer to prayer. And then on the other hand, this is something to remember. Sometimes God gives directions and instructions without a clear vision. Call him Jesus. Well, what else? What, what, what else do I do after that? Sometimes God will tell people in Scripture, he told Philip in the book of Acts, go south. For what? Don't worry about it. Philip didn't know why he was going south, but God did. Abraham, sacrifice your son. This one? Just the one. You want me to say, are you going to tell my wife? You want me to tell her? Well, because I don't think, I don't, I don't think she going to let, we're gonna, you want me to sneak out the house? You want me to just tell her boldly, like, hey, this is what we're going to do. God said it. Like, how you want me, you want me to raise my voice when I say that? You want me to tell him? Because he, I don't know if he, he might, I'm old, he might fight me. I would fight me if somebody was trying to kill me, so. But Okay. Uh, Jesus tells the disciples, go get a donkey. The guy there will know what to do. Imagine if I told you, hey, uh, go take your neighbor's Ferrari. I'm like, the Lord has need of it. <laughs> Lord has need. No, he don't. He ain't got no need of it. If he need it, he go get it from somewhere else. Like, You're going to get shot messing around. Hey, Jesus, I don't know about stealing this man's donkey. You sure he knows the deal? You talk to him? You call the head? Like, I need to know. Tells the disciples, go on a mission trip. They get there. They got their bags packed, wallet, everything. He says, don't take none of this. He says, don't take none of this stuff. But you're like, you don't think I need my credit card? I mean, I got points, Jesus. These points can help us. We might be in a pickle. We might need to get out of this. 
And then later in the gospel, he says, hey, when I sent you out, did you lack anything? And this is what the scripture says as a group. The scripture literally says, they said, which means they got together. Hey, did you, did you, did you, did you, did you? And they said, they said, no. We didn't lack a thing. They didn't know how it was going to end. They just had to trust what they saw. Call him Jesus. You're going to have a baby. I mean, it's so easy. A caveman can do it. I mean, I remember when me and my wife had our first child. I mean, she had the child. I was there. I prayed. I was on the sidelines. You get it, okay? Don't, don't, let's not split hairs over, over semantics. Um, but they were like, hey, you should take this parent class before you have the baby to learn how to swaddle and do the diaper, wipe the booty, all this stuff, right? You know, I'm like, how hard can it be? You know what I mean? Like, like maybe these other dads need the class. I done had a little baby. These are like, oh, we're going to figure it out. We're going to be just all right, okay? About three days into it, I said, I should have took that class, okay? Because I hope this baby lives long enough because I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Imagine if it was a baby God. You, you, you try raising baby Jesus, see how it go for you. Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that the scholars believe that Mary is between the ages of 12 and 16. Let's just call her 14 years old, okay? No disrespect to you if you're 14 years old watching this message. You can't handle no baby, let alone a God baby. What are you talking about? Teenage mom in here. What? I mean, just imagine the life for this teenage mom. It's hard. First baby shower, friends walking in. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a God, actually. That's what we're having. We're having a God. You got a name picked out? It's complicated. Prophecy says Emmanuel. Big scary angel said Jesus. We gonna call him Jesus Emmy. We don't know what we gonna do, okay? It's complicated, okay? This is, well, I, I'm not sure. Here's what I know about you and me. Sometimes we don't want to obey God because we got a picture from him with very little direction of how to pull it off. He showed you something. He showed you something about your kids. He showed you something about your career. He showed you something about your life, and you just went, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And some of us don't want to obey God because we got directions with very little vision. We didn't get a really good picture of how it was going to turn out. And so since we don't know how it's going to turn out, we're just like, I think I'm just going to do the sideline thing. There's a lot Mary knew. There's a lot she didn't. Mary didn't know how to change a God's diaper. Does it stink? He's perfect. I don't know. Do you spank baby Jesus? Hey, that's a tough one. You know what I mean? When you teach him to walk, do you do that on water or just land? It's a lot to pray about. It's a lot of pressure. For a 14-year-old, you're like, I don't know what to do. Mary got other kids. So... Jesus started to have all these half-brothers. I mean, just, that's a weird, you know, you try to parent equal. You can't do that with James and Jesus. Imagine praying over the food, talking about some, in James's name, amen. You're like, it don't work. If James, your name ain't got no power at all. Mary didn't know that the birth of a Savior would mean she could spend her honeymoon as a fugitive running from the law. She also didn't know she'd be a single mom when the ministry of Jesus was started. 
She knew some things. She didn't know some other things. But what I love about Mary is she gives us some insight today, some things to remember. Because when you don't have this crystal clear picture of where God wants you to go, and you're trying to figure out what's next, you know, when you, sometimes you, you do have this clear picture, but you, you don't have all the directions. What I want you to do is I want you to trust what God showed you and submit. Mary did. She just submitted. She goes, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the directions. I just got a picture. Baby Jesus saved the world. No biggie. And do you want to know where her response is? It's beautiful. Luke one thirty eight says this. This is what Mary says. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Hey, big scary angel. You crazy. But I'm in. I'm in. What I want to encourage each and every person under the sound of my voice to do today is surrender to God's vision for your life. I don't care what it is. There is something powerful about someone that wants to be in a relationship with God, that hears from God and just goes, I'm in. Whatever you say, I'm in. I want you to embrace the current season that God has for you. No questions asked. <laughs> what do you do when you got clear directions but very little vision of where it's going when you don't know how it's going to turn out? Trust what God told you last and just obey. Just be obedient. Luke 2, verse 39, speaks of Mary and Joseph, and I, I hope that this would be true of our lives too. It says, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. They did everything in their power. They played their part well. Have we? Is there anything God's been asking you to do that you've yet to do? Just kind of ignored some things. I think as I'm remembering and taking inventory of 2021, I, I can look back and see that there were some nudges from the Holy Spirit that I simply ignored. I had a book that came out this summer and there were some decisions around the book that I just, I just didn't have total peace about. But I, I felt pressured to make, this is how it's done in the industry. And I had, a, I had so many reasons to say yes, but I had one to say no. It just didn't have peace. I ignored that peace and it cost me and I regret it. On the other hand, there were also some nudges from the Holy Spirit that I obeyed that radically changed my life. So the overall lesson I learned from this year, obey God at all costs. And catch this. I, I really want you to catch this because not obeying God will cost you more than you think you're giving up obeying God in the first place. Because some of us are going, no, I don't want to give this thing up. It's going to cost you more not obeying God. What Mary knew 
is what I believe we should remember this season. And that's the fact that surrendering to God's plan is the best one we could ever have. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give each and every person an opportunity to surrender their life to Jesus. If today you came to church to maybe give God a chance, man, I just, I want you to have hope. I want you to embrace everything that God has set up for you. He has literally stacked the decks in your favor by sending his one and only son for you. If today you say, Ryan, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm tired of running away from God. I, today I want to say, like Mary, I'm in. If that's you, no one look around. Would you slip up your hand and say, hey, Ryan, that's me at every location. Ryan, that's me. Sir, I see your hand. That's awesome. Isn't it? I see your hand back there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? Hey, can we all say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I ask now that you would be the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to your plan for my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Come on, can we make some noise for each and every person that gave their heart to Christ?